This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, you, as you tweeted this morning, it sounds like we're going to get a Mally Barrios melee at Target Field on Friday night, Patrick. The ghost of Twins pitching past and the ghost of Twins pitching future. <laughs> got to be thirty-five grand for that one, doesn't there? When you got Toronto in town, I think they do. They still shoot off fireworks on Friday nights, too. Uh, I think that's right. And uh, and you got Mally versus Barrios. Uh, you got to be there, don't you? Everybody should be feeling good about the Twinkies here. So, uh, you know, it, it should be fun. It should be a jumping evening at uh, Target Field, that's for sure. So I'm, I'm interested to see Mally. I got to think, as much as I click around and watch ball games, I don't think I've ever watched him pitch. I, I don't know what it, it, it I think he's a, is he crafty? Has he got good stuff? I, I'm not even sure what, uh, you know, I look at his record and it's okay. And, uh, the ERA is 440, but in Cincinnati, that's you can take a run off that. That's yeah. the man box of all time. So, except for Yankee Stadium, so I, I'm anxious to see him pitch. Mm-hmm. So, Patrick, have have you this uh, team came here from Washington, 1961? Do you recall a trade deadline since then that was as active as what we saw from Derek Falvey on Tuesday? I'm uh, really uh, trying to uh, think about that. Uh, they did some stuff. The trade deadline was not like, ooh, we got to do it now thing. When they first came here in the 60s, all of a sudden you'd pop up in uh, June and there'd be a trade for Jim Perry or something like, you know, you'd trade, you'd make a trade with Cleveland. They used to trade with Cleveland a lot. So I, I, I think the trade deadline was earlier than it was June. Was it? End of June, right? Yeah. End of June. So, Mid June at uh, one point. It, and, and certainly there was there was no ESPN and no Twitter and no anything to uh, you know say you got to do something now. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there has been. You know, Shannon Stewart actually that was a bigger deal than we thought it was at the time that that, that he turned out to be that good. And uh, but as far as I still have a hard time putting the Sandy Leone, even even though he was yesterday's hero, in there as part of the uh, of the whole thing. But uh, as far as making three trades, no, I don't think that's. Uh, I, I, I I cannot recall anything uh, to compare with that. Uh, and uh, I, I guess I would have to. You know, baseball reference will pride provide you with anything, but uh, I guess you could go back and look at all the transactions from each year and see what happened around the trading deadline. But I, I can't think. I mean, we traded Burke one year, seventy six, but that was in early June. You know, that was not a trading deadline. That was, uh, and you know, that was a uh, you know a pretty big trade back then. But I think it was June. First or second, something like that, when they traded him to Texas. So, uh, no, that's I, I, I declared this as the most aggressive trading deadline uh, in 62 years, and I'm just basing that on my own memories. Why? Why do you think? 
And I, I guess it's hard to look back before the Thad Levine and Derek Falvey era. There's because Terry Ryan would have his own reasons, but at the Metrodome and then maybe even early Target Field. But just in the in the current regime's era, why would they do this now this year, but not do it 2019? 2020 was a weird pandemic shortened season, but yes. what, what do you think? What do you think the conversations were like? Was it, hey guys, we at some point we got to put some chips on this year's table? Why? Very good question. Yeah, I mean you're you're, you're talking about. Uh, I, I know you mentioned 2019 again the other day that they when we last week when we were when I was predicting one trade of not great significance. Yeah, uh, that. We were kind of going back to 2019 when that team needed. They didn't need as much help as this team needed, but uh, they they but they certainly had higher prospects for doing something. I mean, it is hard to believe how down we got on these guys when it was only two years ago they won a hundred they won a hundred and one yeah. and set a world record for home runs. So, uh, but I I have no idea. I I have to kind of go back and you know. Mike, I kept thinking as this was occurring, and you know, we, we just talked about the tip of the iceberg here on uh, on Tuesday when we were uh, talking, uh, and Duckle told us that they had made the first trade, uh, the big trade to Jorge Lopez, and uh, I, I thought, okay, hey, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good day, right? And uh, to have them come bring in two more pitchers was uh, was pretty untwins like, but but I I don't know what. The reason was back there in 2019. I cannot tell you that. Certainly, there was more reason to believe that team could get something done in the postseason than there is this team. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, you know, one thing that's got to happen here is you got to get some outfielders healthy. God Almighty! Yesterday they're starting out. Now they didn't want to play Buxton because he's coming back from another knee drain. They didn't want to play him in the field. And Celestino was off having a, with his wife having a baby, but they started three left-handed hitting outfielders against a left-handed pitcher, and none of those were your starting were, were your top three left-handed hitting outfielders. They're all you know Kirilov, Kepler, and uh, and uh, Larnick all all not around. So uh, right now, uh, once they've uh, certainly given themselves a chance to uh, fix this bullpen. Uh, you you wonder what what somebody they got to get healthy in the outfield man mm-hmm. alive you can't have Nick Gordon playing center field somebody's got to tell Nick when the ball's in the air you're supposed to go and catch it you're not supposed to <laughs> jogging in and play it on two hops for a base Jake cave he'll tell him no, Jake would have ran after I know him. he would have given up immediately he would have died he, he would have dived and slid right to short or something diving, bring well, he was in left diving, field he could have played center. Bring back Diamond Jake instead of jogging Nick. <laughs> you know, what the hell was with the second one when Fulmer uh, comes in? That's a, you know, that's a routine out for Mackey's Buffalo 14-year-old team. And, uh, you know. I had a fly ball bounce off yeah, my head one yeah. time. Yeah, so, but you were trying. Thanks, Jose Canseco. I got was. under it, yeah. Yeah. So, but, let boy, did, uh. We only got to see seven pitches, but I can tell you, Rocco is so excited about Jorge Lopez. Oh my gosh! Yeah, think about like now you have you and you can run you can run those guys out there, Lopez and, and Duran, for more than an inning at a time. But even if they just use those guys for an inning, 
Good luck in the eighth and the ninth against those guys. Yeah. Yesterday was a great blueprint where you you pull your uh, your really good starting pitching performance after you know five innings because that's the rule, and then instead of going to three relievers and crossing your fingers, you bring in Fulmer for an inning, and then maybe you mm-hmm. sprinkle in somebody else. Fielbar, what? Where was the? Where did that Fielbar. come from? He yeah. was throwing bullets yesterday. <laughs> where did mm-hmm. that come? I think they they've been disappointed in him. I think he you know fell in love with the sloppy curveball and. Uh, but he came in and uh, was throwing, uh, uh, throwing great, and then uh, the other two guys. But what Rocco says is that's a real sinker that he throws, and it's ninety-seven, Lopez. You know, that's not a, you know, that's that's what that's two, three miles an hour faster than Duran's real sinker, right? They call uh, that a heavy fastball. Yes, in yeah. So uh, yeah, he was, uh, <clears throat> and you know, it's a. Uh, he he's uh, he was he was giddy yesterday to say the least. <laughs> I got a question. Why do they keep sending this Moran guy out? He's a lefty with good stuff. It is weird. It, it, it's not it, like they have six lefties on on no, call. No, they don't have. And McGill, they keep him and he throws hard, but they never use him. Yeah. They always, you know, those you you you're going to use D- Griffin Jacks in the sixth inning, three days in a row before you're going to use this guy. If he's if they like him. Pitch him. If not, what the hell is he doing there? What are you, what are you waiting for? I, I don't get So it's nice to get back to find something to complain about. With I was going to say, is, a very yeah. good job of coming back with some bullpen gripes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. not. Uh, not well, they're still much. only playing at an 85-win pace. We need to you know stick them with uh, a cattle oh, prod yeah, once in a while. Yeah, Toronto, Toronto, until they got beat uh, yesterday, has been uh, hotter than hell. And uh, the best hitting team in baseball. I think they get the highest team batting average in baseball. And uh, so, you know, it'll be a little more of a test to say the least, sure. but uh, I'm, it's going to be fun this weekend. I really, uh, I'm looking forward to Mali and Rios and uh, whatever else happens and having those uh, Toronto uh, rowdies roaming the streets. They're going to put some life downtown. The club around the corner there that uh, has entertainment will have a good crowd in it. The Canadians everything. love that. Yep. There's no question yes, about it. They, do. they, they love the Seville. Yes, they do. Oh, really? The Blue Jays fans are packing the, Winnipeg- the Seville, huh? Oh, the, yeah. those people know how to party, my man. They'll tell Canadian the fans know how to party. Just get the Molson <laughs> you get out. To go to the, you, got, you get to go to the Mall of, of America. We got we got something else to do. Yep. <laughs> you, you go out so if you, put, if you put a two-for-one Molson sale sign outside of just a little, uh, you know, like a little board outside we could make of the, the doors of the Seville... <laughs> Declan and I could make yeah. a mint this weekend. I'm more of a Labatt Blue kind of guy, but I, I can dabble into some Molson if okay. we're doing Canadian beer. I'm just saying. All right. Hey, just a random thing. Did you? Uh, who was watching uh, the uh, game the Twins lost Tuesday night? I watched it. Yeah, it was, I think I was yeah. watching part of it, that, maybe all of it. That throw Baez made from the hole, oh. I, that was unbelievable. That's one of the best arms I've ever seen. He's not a, you know, he's not... It hasn't turned in to be the great player that we thought he was, and the Tigers probably really overpaid him. You know, he's nothing compared to Correa as a day-to-day guy. But God almighty, what a throw. And and, and last night, uh, I happened to be watching the uh, first inning of the, <laughs> of the San Diego game. Yeah. Oh, man. They get five in the bottom of the first with a salami by Dury, Dury and that – Stadium is they were showing 
shots and the stadium is overflowing out there in the uh I didn't I didn't look to see what the crowd was but you know even when they've been good they haven't packed them in out there but uh that's pretty good marketing bringing in uh Soto Bell and uh and another guy Hater yeah Hater and uh that place was But then the, and that and that's on the heels of they brought in Machado and yeah. and even though they then ate forty million to get rid of Hosmer, they were willing to sign Hosmer. For, yeah. I mean, they're and just they had uh, Tatis taking BP. Yeah, he starts yeah. smart. He he starts his rehab assignment on Friday. So at wow. the at the very end, the poor Padres yeah. are going to have to add Tatis back too. And, and at the end, you're still going to be fourteen games behind the Dodgers and have <laughs> yeah. to play in the. Uh, but it'll be great. Have to play in the. Uh, oh yeah, it'll be terrific. It'll be. There's a very good chance that the first round series could be the uh, the Mets and the Padres. That'd be great. You know, we were we were looking this up yesterday, or a couple of days ago. I, I pulled up the 2021 Major League Baseball Forbes revenue information and stuff because mm-hmm. it's always kind of been my contention that people people rip on the poll ads for being cheap. And my comeback is always, I think my rip is that they're not really curious. It's like yeah. owner. Owners are going to operate within the revenue that they bring in, and owners aren't looking to actively take a loss unless you're Mike Illich on your deathbed ten years yeah. ago, and he basically said, "I don't care if I lose money. I want to. We'll go get Miguel Cabrera. All these guys." But the but the Padres are sort of flipping the script. Yeah. Last year they took a thirty five million dollar organizational loss really? with all the salaries they brought in, they're and they're they're probably now. probably going to lose more this year. Mm-hmm. By eating Hosmer's forty million dollars and, and whatnot, so they're 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 one of the teams, maybe one of the only teams that's saying actively, we're going to overspend our revenue because we're sick of getting drummed by the Dodgers, right? Yes, and you know what? It's going to be pretty easy for them to own the town since there's nobody <laughs> else there. You got to beat out Sandy. You got to beat out San Diego State basketball. And uh, the, what the uh, the gulls play in some hockey league, and uh, yeah, right. So down. you know, nobody in nobody's in town, so uh, it should be. Uh, I, I like that ballpark too. You guys been there? Oh yeah, it's, uh, no, never. It's incredible, really. It's yeah, a, I've never been. It's there. A really good ballpark, and uh, it and they've never really. I mean, San Diego. There's just too much going on they've never really captured the heart of the town there except maybe the year they went to the world series and uh, when the ball went through bull durham's legs and don't <laughs> remind know, bull me that get, bull doesn't get enough attention for that billy buck gets a lot he buckered before buckner bull. yeah the last time yeah. i cried about a sporting event <laughs> uh but uh yeah they uh it, it was fun to watch uh, i watched quite a bit of that game last night it was it was kind of fun to watch so Pat, we haven't uh, talked to you since Tuesday night. Well, your, your thoughts on Vince Scully's passing? You know, I never i I've sat next to him in a couple of press rooms in the Dodger Stadium in the back and overheard him. I might even been at a table with him, but I have no real uh, memory of him except uh, you know what's astounding? You know who did the nineteen sixty five World Series? Who the who the national broadcasters were? Scully. Scully from the Dodgers yeah. and Ray Scott from the Twins. That's <laughs> yeah. how they did it back then. They took, yeah. you know, because I remember Harry doing it for the Cardinals for one year when it was like uh, steamy hot, and uh, that's how they did it back then. But that couldn't have been better, man. Scully and uh, Scott doing that World mm. Series, 
It, it is astounding. You got a guy who was there as a backup announcer when Bobby Thompson hit his home run. Man. In 1950, he was 23 years old. I looked it up. He was 23 year old kid. Somehow he talked his way into a, you know, a backup uh, announcing job, and uh, he was, you know, the, you know, anybody around here remember uh, Bobby Thompson's home run? Yeah, me. I was there doing the game, Ben Scully. So the most amazing thing, and and you know, I only started listening to him and in, in like in the late '90s and going forward, so I. I missed about a half century of Vince Scully, but even in his older age, he would tell these stories that just weaved in and yes, out of like yes. a five and somehow like, and it wasn't, it wasn't ever, Hey, I'm halfway through a story and the final batter pops out. And now I need to stop my story to go to commercial break. For whatever reason, he was always able to finish every story that he told seemingly. And the batter would fall off six pitches if needed to get there with two outs. Yes, you know? Yeah, that was a great point. Uh, uh, Chip did a column today, and he one guy he talked to Bremer, whose personal memories, Provost Joe Christensen, who once entered was the chapter chairman for the L.A. baseball writers, and he's a kid from Riverside, and he had introduced Ben when they named the press box at him, and he was shaking and mm. and uh, Provost, but uh, Bremer actually had a a a vintage. Uh, vintage Vin thing because he said he only talked to him once, but they talked for 15 minutes about the 1965 World Series. And then when he went back to the hotel, the game was on again, and Vince was telling all these stories about, you know, weaving. His theme for the night was weaving in stories about the 65 Twins and the 65 Dodgers and a mm. memory, you know, a memorable World Series, to say the least. Uh, seven games and Koufax on two days rest beats the Twinks two to nothing. And uh, But uh, it's, he, you know, he would, he was, he was, I think, kind of like Ernie Harwell, a, yes. a different kind of announcer. But Ernie used to always come down to the batting cage and he'd always remember everybody. And he was friendly with all the writers and he, you would BS with them down there by the cage and he'd kind of pick your brain a little bit about what's going on. And then he'd go upstairs and have that, uh, talk, uh, talk to the ballpark. I'm not sure Vin was as good with names as Ernie, but Ernie was, uh, I don't, that's a great skill. Remembering people's names. Yeah, Judd. I don't got <laughs> it. it. Is. I certainly don't have it. Uh-uh. I'm not great at it either, but I, I'm horrible. paired with Judd. So I look like a, a genius remembering names. So Sharkman, when I was with Sharkman last week, in Cooperstown, he was giving me something I'd never heard from Gallardi, but one of Gallardi's pet peeves was when somebody just walked up to him and said, Hey, you remember me, John? Yeah. He said, walk up, say, Hey, Bill Smith. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know, good <laughs> to see you again. And he said, and then I can say, well, of course I remember yeah. you. Yes. I love it. How's the family? Yes, it's and on. John it's on the say, person walking up. A hundred percent. would say, but instead you come up and say, "I'm so bleeping important in my own mind that I should, <laughs> this guy should re- this guy who's met a hundred thousand people should remember me." And he said, he said, Gallardi would go through a tirade about that to his team about five times a year. That was just hilarious. <laughs> this fits in with my lifestyle very well. I but like 100% this. accurate. 
know, yes. hey, you know. Do you remember me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The answer is no. A, yeah, yeah, no, no. No. I, I used to, but I not. You know, I will say I practiced this exact thing one time when I walked. I, I shadowed Tim McNiff when I was in eighth grade, and I was I, I got to spend a day with Tim McNiff in 1998 at Care 11. Yes, and and I saw I saw Tim McNiff at a Vikings practice in like 2010 or something. Twelve years later, working in the media now, and I walk up to Tim, and I did exactly what John Gallardi would have said. I said, "Tim, it's Phil Mackey yes. at 1500 yes. ESPN. I Good. shadowed you when I was in eighth grade at Care 11, and I just wanted to come up and say yeah. hi and say thanks." And, and you he s- pauses for two seconds, and he goes, "Doesn't ring a bell." Good. <laughs> <laughs> Now that is either satire or bad. You know, McNiff and I are related, don't you? No, I didn't know that. I don't know what the relation is, though. <laughs> but, but my uncle Frank O'Rourke is was his great uncle Frank on the on a, the other side of the family, yeah. all through marriage and stuff like that. So. Like sixth cousin or something like He's that. He's part of the family. I didn't even, yeah, didn't even know. And I, hey, cuz. I always say to him, hey, cuz. I mean, <laughs> you know, cuz we, uh, we all had the, we, 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 we had a favorite uncle who was the same on very different types of sides of the family. Yeah. So. And, you know, we've, and we've since in the last 10 years become friendly just through like, you know, the local media circle, but he's, to, to my knowledge, he still has no recollection at all whatsoever. Yeah, well, he didn't get the second part of the Gallardi thing, which is, of course. Oh, oh, what a great you. day. You were in eighth yes, grade yes, when he did yes, it. He yes. didn't, he's not, this little punk is never going to go into the business. He's in eighth grade. He doesn't care. Of course he remembers you. So, and then he says, and then you can both feel good. He says, you don't have to have something. You don't have to have something. Somebody, uh, how know. are the kids doing? I don't have kids. That's yeah. right. I, <laughs> oh, you never go too far there. You're just like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I re- you never how's ask your, that how's your wife. She died of cancer. Remember? Kids. All you gotta say yep. is, how's the family? Family. Yeah. family. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, I was talking. I knew you were single. I was talking about your aunt and uncle. The key line yeah, is, how are you? You never ask about the family. You ask about you because you can keep it. Fo- Short then, because you don't care about well, the family. The other thing about Gallardi is, you know, he used to have 150 players on the team, and he only gave a damn about 18 of them. And the rest of it, you know, they put 100 of them would just go over there and throw the football to each other. They'd ignore them completely, <laughs> but they'd get to run down the hill on Saturday, so they all liked that. Yeah. When he, you know, John was, when he used to run his camp, he was, it was legal, he'd bring in 15 players for the first week to do the offense, right? And then he'd bring in 15 defensive players for the second week. And then the then, then the next 20 guys would come in, but the rest of them didn't get to come until school started, yeah. you know, because he didn't want to feed them. So, you know, uh, and then he's got the guy, remember John? You know, God, they come up, John, I played for you. Remember me? I played for you. Can I remember? The guy never got in the field. How the hell am I supposed? Yeah, to they didn't. They didn't even cap their roster, right? And they said 100, 150 guys. I didn't even know who his name. I didn't know what his name was when he was here. How am I supposed to remember? Yeah, I was uh, uniform number one seventy three. You remember me? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah they, I was your third number twelve. Remember that? <laughs> the one that sat there on the sideline. I thought that was a. Uh, 
that's a that's a very logical old guy. You know, the Wicker and I had during the uh, what series was it? Eighty two, I guess, way back then. Went to Stan Musel's uh, restaurant uh, for dinner. Stan was still alive. He was Al Hurt was in there with him. He and Al Hurt were buddies. Al Hurt was playing the uh, trumpet and uh, Stan was playing the harmonica. But Stan was hammered. And uh, he got up and made a little speech to the crowd about the key to success. You know, shake hands, walk them in the, look them in the eye, shake their hands, and Remember their name. Those were the three things to remember. But when he got up and said that, he forgot to remember their name. He forgot three things. <laughs> but he forgot to uh, say, yeah, stand up, was, shake their was, hand, and it was a great night to have a drunk Stan Williams, uh, Stan Musil there uh, before the first game of the uh, of the uh, of a World Series in St. Louis. It was uh, it was a uh, it was a hoot to say the least. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, twins, what the hell? We got little to complain about that. Let's go do it. Let's go do it. We can complain about Miguel Sano's uh, tenure being over next time. Maybe tomorrow. Why, we can why do, do you think uh, the, uh, I mean, Sandy Leone isn't the difference maker in the history of the world, but why, I wonder why. I, I get He was in AAA with Cleveland, right? He was. Yeah, so he, he's one of my favorite. If you thought Drew Butera was uh, having trouble oh, swinging his way out of a wet brown paper bag, Sandy Leone has been in the major leagues for 11 years. Uh, actually, let's let's call it nine years of of being a regular backup. He has batted below two hundred in uh, six of those years. Do you uh, did you see his target field numbers? They're pretty pretty good. Great, eighteen for forty two. Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. Atterbury put that on Twitter last night. It was you know yesterday afternoon when he got the uh, you know he's got like. 30% of his hits in target field. That's pretty funny. Yeah, he's uh, but uh, it tells you how uh how uh I wouldn't say unhappy but uh uh skeptical they are about Sanchez behind the plate. This guy's going to play a lot. They 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 just I don't think the pitchers like throwing to Gary yeah, and I think he's. I think he gives you the effort, but I just don't think they like their own. I think that that this guy can also actually frame the ball. I think he actually has the ability to frame a pitch and not decide to take it from six, you know, feet off the plate and run it back towards the plate. Yeah, yeah. he's an actual I, catcher. I, I think that they, uh, you know, kind of like like the way he guides people around. Yeah. Hey, one reason now uh, you met, mentioned him hooking Joe Ryan, and I heard Provis saying this yesterday. I think they, are, you know, he hasn't pitched any innings really since uh, what 2018 or 19. I think one thing is if he can get him out of there, uh, you know, because they know they got to get him to the finish line, right? Yes. He's got to get. They need him in. Yeah, they need him in October. So if they can I heard save the same him thing. Inning, they can save him an inning here or there. They're yep. going to do it, and now they can. So yep. anyway. It was fun. Hey, yep. what the hell? All right. We got a fun stretch run coming up. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Pat. All right, Jim. See you. See you. All right. Wrapping with Royce, he presented by Federated. Federated's been around for over 100 years, uh, almost as long as Patrick. And uh, they help businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources. Their corporate culture grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect, just like Judd. 
And you can find out more at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring. After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sp- the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.